Hello guys, welcome to episode 5 of Beer and Bants. My name is James. My name's Chris. And we're just going to jump straight into it. So uh, we'll go for our tried and tested today. So we're actually going to use a torp, which is part of the sub, which I think we've talked about a few times yeah, before. Yeah, I believe we introduced the sub uh, on episode one, because obviously both of us have the submachine. So yeah. it's a draft beer system, which is operated by Heineken. Yeah. So basically you get little torps, we have four pints in, draft beer at home. About 10 quid a torp, roughly, something like that. It, it for varies average, between I think, so. £7.20, and 20 really, depending yeah. on what you want. But yeah, so it's something that gives you a bit of a different variety, because there's some bits you try and you've never heard of, this being one of them. Being one of them. So I think this is uh, Gosa, isn't it? So yeah, I Gosa. Think we'll let you go first, mate. This is the uh, beauty of okay. it. Well, I'll, I'll explain what it is first. So it's Gosa, which okay. is a Austrian beer. Now, on the website, because the sub used to be operated by Heineken itself, which had a bit better description than what it does now. <laughs> Uh, it's now operated by Beerwolf, which is a Dutch company. Uh, and it's kind of gone downhill since then, if I'm honest, but we'll the, talk the, about the, that after. The delivery service has, yeah. Right. Uh, but Gosa is, on the Beerwolf um, website, is actually classed as a lager. Now, this is not what I would class as a lager in the slightest, so it's a... <laughs> it's, I would class that more as like a golden ale, or maybe even an IPA look. It's not... A, yeah, got yeah. Flag, it's a lot cloudier, a lot darker It, it is. Yeah, it's got that haze to it, it's what you would expect from an ale. Uh, it is, I say it's Austrian-based, so it's not what you'd expect a British ale to taste like. It has got a very different uh, flavour to it. I'm going to take a swig. Okay, this is it. Because I, I, I'm trying to think if we'd actually tried this one before, haven't we? Like, how many times? Because I think we've definitely had... Numerous. Like, talk, that's the thing. But I think this is one of those we have... <clears throat> towards the end of it as well like it's not the one we start on because we tend to go for things like Amstel or Heineken to be fair as like pretty standard in there because well, they are the ones that just they to be fair my well, go to the Heineken on the sub is so much better than what you get in the pubs over here because the beauty of the sub is the beer is brewed in the country that it actually originates from so the Heineken the Amstel tastes so much nicer than the stuff that's brewed over in this country yeah. so as you drink it it's really crisp really refreshing um there's a beer called Pelforth, which I'm a massive fan of, which is a blonde beer with made in France. Um, yeah, really big fan of that one. Never even heard of it before we had the sub. So, yeah, I'm having a sip of the Gosa. Um, I would kind of class it as... It is like a very light ale. Okay. I wouldn't have the... It hasn't got that like harshness, tingleness, crispness to it that you would expect associate with a lager or a pills or that type of beer, which... Is, on the website, that's what they actually lead you to believe it tastes like. It doesn't taste like that at all. It's very smooth. It's very subtle in its flavour. Yeah. Little bit of a uh, floral note to it. Not a lot. Literally, I'd just say just a touch from the hops. Um, but generally, I would say that is a very lightly balanced beer. Um, I'd probably agree, to be fair. Like, it doesn't seem to have much body, so it's not something that yes. hits you straight away. I think the taste is mainly in the kind of back of the throat kind of thing as it kind of goes away, but no, nothing too lingering. And I think you're right, it's that just kind of hint of the floral, and then it just kind of goes. Well, what I like about it is you take your sip, you drink it, and then as you breathe out, you can, if you breathe out through your nose, you, you get that subtle floral tint in the back of your throat. I'm like, yeah. I like that. I think it's got a really nice. I say really nice balanced flavour too, but yeah. it, it's very, it's not overpowering at all. I think from, like if I remember correctly from times I've had it before, it's one of those that also builds up as well. So the more you have of it in terms of the flavour, the flavour does get more intense as well. I think it's one of those that is quite subtle to start with, but hmm. because that kind of, the aftertaste starts to linger a lot more and more. So those fl- kind of floral notes seem to kind of persist a little bit longer yeah, the way you kind of drink it. So. <clears throat> um, yeah, but yeah. It's, overall it's a genuinely nice beer. Um Problem is, I haven't seen it anywhere apart from on the sub. So It'd be interesting to try and see, yeah. like I mean, a the sub of it or something to see the comparison. Well, the sub do have a couple of different varieties of it. I mean, they do a Radler version, which obviously I'm not going to be interested in trying at all. Um, but yes, it there's quite a few different variations on the top itself, but I, on the sub, sorry. Um, but I, bottle wise, I've never seen it. Yeah. So how difficult it is to get I'm not too sure I'll probably have to do a bit more research on that really so. Let's see if we can get one for a future episode maybe Who why not why not so well that's the beers so first of all shall we go into the XFL XFL yeah so. I mean so <clears throat> Seattle Dragons my team they started off really well <laughs> was it uh, 31-19 to DC Defenders yeah, they or something lost. like that I mean, so the, that was the first game so that was actually game, the opening but... game of the 
whole championships. Yeah. And I think uh, going into it, DC defenders have been one of the kind of teams to watch out for. To be fair, um, I think um, a lot of people were saying like they were, they looked like they were quite strong. Well, I've actually um, watched so. all four games in their entirety. Okay. Um, they were back to back as well, so it was a very intense day. Um, the Shuttle Dragons, they didn't really have that creativity. One thing I will say across all the teams, they did seem to lack that match practice. Well, it seemed way more like watching college football, which is what you expect. It don't did, wrong. yeah. But I think as like, the season goes on, as people get more battle-hardened, I think every team will be slightly different. So yeah. I wouldn't judge too much on the positions where they are now towards the end of the season. But yeah, so the Seattle Dragons, they, they showed some glimpses of... Um, well, I think, yeah, I think the, trait, like, the first... The skills. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, the first... like. Part of it, they seemed okay, but I think they just couldn't keep up, if I'm honest. And that's, well, that's that, the, they showed glimpses of skill. However, the what I don't think the DC offense was particularly much better than the Seattle. But what was uh, better was the defense. Yeah, DC defenders, the defensive side of it, they stepped up. Yeah. When well, I think because their namesake, they put a lot of time in practice. Let's be honest, yeah. into the defensive side. I mean, the, like that, the, that's what they put themselves forward to be. Well, the DC quarterback, so. I wasn't overly struck with. I mean, you know, they're yeah. beginning big hype, but for me, it, it didn't. He did an okay job. He didn't. Yeah. It wasn't didn't set the world on fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I for me, it was a decent game to watch. It wasn't particularly fast paced. But I say these teams will grow into the soul yeah. as the season goes on. Um, then the next one was. Uh, LA Wildcats versus Houston Roughnecks. Okay, that was a that was probably the best game to watch of all four, if I'm honest. Um, LA Wildcats lost to the Houston Roughnecks. The Roughnecks were much more of a balanced team. However, the starting quarterback for the LA Wildcats hadn't long been traded to them, so you could tell that the and rapport wasn't quite, quite so there. There was a really good out. rapport between one wide receiver and Canoff. Um, but for me, I think LA Wildcats will get better as the season goes on. And I think they will contend when I it comes to the end of the season. I think they're quite high in the power play. Because they, they've done the power play racings after the first game. Which, of course, like you say, it's really early to tell at yeah. this point. Um, I think DC defenders seem to be one of the top two. Um, I think the lowest was actually Dragons. I think they put as like a maybe win three, 3.6 wins or something is what their average. So like the lowest in terms of the power play ranking after the first week. But... Um, I don't know. I, I I enjoyed it, and I think it definitely filled some of the gap of the NFL, like in terms of the fact that everybody needs something to watch, and I think a lot of people get behind it, which I thought was good. Um, I think what struck me, social media, if I'm honest, wasn't as big as I thought it could have been. Like, given that they put a lot of time into marketing in terms of teams and stuff like yeah. that, like you know, you compare it to when you watch a standard NFL game, but the, even then, there wasn't much. But kind of thing. I'm not saying it's nowhere near as big yet, but even then, I mean, it was. It, it's a fraction it's niche, niche at this point. I think the, that's the thing. This whole league so. is basically been uh, set up and operating on a format which is on a budget less than a standard starting quarterback contract yeah. in the NFL now. So you have to take that into account. Yeah, but at the same time, I they, they there were some stats about how much money they started to spend on marketing. And I think they put a lot of it onto kind of TV and stuff, like in terms of the local communities around these teams where they're based. But in terms of some of their online presence, I just don't think there was much, if I'm honest. That's no, no, that's so, I mean, I was, talk, I was talking to a, a few mates at work who hadn't realised that it was even a thing or kind of knew much about it, which given that they're NFL fans and they like American football, you would have thought, why don't they know about it? They yeah. really should. And so there are obviously some missed opportunity there in terms of that, I think, which I thought was a shame. Like, well, that was, that was my turn to the first two games. Yep. So the third game was Tampa Bay Vipers versus New York Guardians, which obviously we mentioned <laughs> yep. in the last episode. Yep. Um, for me, I don't think that the scoreline reflected the game. So I watched the highlights of this one. So I, Guardians yeah. versus Vipers. Uh, Guardians won 26-3. But the Guardians actually got half the amount of yards that Tampa got. And um, Tampa looked like the far more proactive team. Yeah. Difference is, it was clumsiness, dropping the ball. They, the they, get, you, they get, yeah, yeah, they get to the end of the yeah. field. So they, you go from the 10-yard line all the way to the opposition 10-yard line. And then, oh, can't even catch a ball, get intercepted, and then go straight back and <laughs> let's score. So... For me, Guardians looked a lot better on paper than what they genuinely were. I don't think yeah. I don't see that being the long term result. I think as again, as Tampa start to click, I think they will be up there when it comes to the if playoffs. I'm honest, I think 
they're playing <clears throat> they they're playing dragons next next yeah. week. Um, so yeah, I think and they'll definitely beat them. <laughs> think, if I'm honest, any, but, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, but no. Um, and then obviously the last game was uh, the St Louis Battle Hawks versus uh, the Dallas Renegades. Okay. Um, Renegades were for us were the favourites for the whole championship at the start of the season. Now, they were without their starting quarterback, so who is a former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback who has started as well. Uh, so they were going with a former Instagram model as their starting quarterback for this round. So, I can't, again, I don't think it's a fair assessment. St. Louis did a uh, good job, to be fair. Sorry, a former Instagram yeah, that, model. What? Yeah, that was uh, his job before... He started playing for Dallas. So a real rough and tumble kind of guy, you know. Yeah. Like, well, to be fair, the, um, for me, Dallas will get better, but it was a combination of, the, I say, the second screen quarterback. Uh, I think they put all the eggs in one basket with their, uh, with Landry Jones, who's yeah. their yeah. main starting quarterback, who's expected to be back this weekend. Um, but the play calling was really simple as well. And they just didn't have the same kind of... Uh, levels of innovation as some of the other teams because the beauty of the XFL is you get to hear all the play calls you get to hear the communication between yeah. the players and the coaches mm-hmm. and I actually think it's really good that it gives you that access that you don't normally yeah, see yeah it's the insight into how the kind of teams work outside of the general on the pitch kind of thing but kind of behind the scenes stuff as well which really leads into it so. yeah, but certainly, again St. Louis they won they didn't look great but I think they will do well and I think they'll be there a bit when it comes to the playoffs as well um, as we spoke Last time I was struggling to decide between my two teams. Are you are you happy with your decision? Okay, so well, this right. is what happened. So I was deciding between Tampa Bay Vipers and New York Guardians. Um, halfway through the last week, I decided I was like, no, going to stick with Tampa because follow Tampa Bay in ice hockey. So I've always got a soft spot for Tampa anyway. No problem. Uh, the following day, I logged onto social media. Uh, now, anybody who follows the NFL, uh, any NFL like social media stream, will know the name Philippe Carvalho, uh, who is one of the most irritating people on so- all of social media. a lot of memes at this point. Yeah, yeah. and every single one deserved. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he put on there that he was supporting Tampa Bay Vipers. Did so that, that make you change your mind, uh, did it? Um, yes, it has completely changed my <laughs> mind. So, you know, as I was saying, I was deciding between New York Guardians and Tampa. I decided Tampa. That's what's happened. Philippe came out and then... Philippe came out, did he? Uh, oh, okay. It's a matter wow. of time. They're even more. Uh, there were some means that might support that, if I'm honest, <laughs> like, thinking about it. but Yeah, but. so... Yeah, the obvious choice now is I now support... New York Guardian. No, Houston Roughnecks. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking around the room. Like, what, what's happened there? Why? <laughs> so what? Well, I decided I want, didn't want to support New York. I was like, the reason why I wanted it was because of the logo. I was like, well, actually, that's not. After following the social media and stuff, I wasn't that much of a fan of them anyway. So I decided on Tampa, and then Philippe just put me straight off. And then Houston, I've always liked the fact that the Roughnecks logo is a homage to the old Houston Oilers logo, who were now the Tennessee Titans. Okay. And as you're well aware, I hate teams that relocate because I think it just destroys fan bases. Okay. And I like that retro look, and I like the uniform. So I was like, yeah, Houston Roughnecks it is. So random curveball. Random curveball, yeah. And also, I purposely didn't tell you this. So yeah, you yeah, exactly. Shock. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, the best part is this is actually the first time in all of my uh, following American sports for over well, nearly 25 years now. The first time I'm actually supporting a team in the Western League. All my other teams have been Eastern. Oh, wow, yeah, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. Random curveball, that was my decision. <laughs> so, I think I did also like the fact that the coaches, a lot of the coaches for the XFL were looking quite slick and trying to be, like, cool. And the Houston coaches... Oh, no, he was in a polo neck, like, a polo shirt, which looked like he had never seen an iron. A cap, which he must have dug up from, like, you know, the back of his sofa. Proper old-school coach that... Doesn't care what he looks like. His whole life is football, and that's all he bothered about. Yeah. And that was like sold, sold instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, bit of a roller coaster, but we end up in Houston. Who, Who knows? knows? <laughs> yeah. And you're just waiting for somebody else to say they support them, and you'll change your mind again. Maybe. Who knows? No, committed now. Committed now. Yeah. I feel like committed. you you said this before though. That's why no, I'm I so never surprised. Before. The thing. I thought you had committed to Vipers. I thought you. Mm, okay. No. 
Paul Vickers. Philippe changes everything. Philippe changes. What if Philippe changes? We should start a hashtag, no Philippe, no. <laughs> That'll be on the uh, Instagram post. That was probably the wrong time to say that with you know, having a mess. Yeah, I was like, that, but, like... <laughs> Could have destroyed all the equipment then. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can't stand that, man. It, this is the thing, right? I suppose there are show. certain sports personalities, right, that just really get on our nerves because it's one of those, we, we, I think, both like sports personalities who are all that kind of fair play. They can be dicks sometimes, but it's it's yeah. still good sportsmen at the end of the day. And the thing is, if you are the best at what you do, it's understandable that you might be cocky as anything, right? But look, even then... Look at Joe Marler. Good... Joe Marler yeah. is very much a Marmite player. Titan, uh, sorry, loose head prop for England and Harlequins. He's a proper wind-up merchant. I think he's absolutely hilarious. I'd love him to bits. But other people, he irritates really badly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know that's get the a flip of the coin, isn't yeah, it? You're yeah. not going to get a balance where so. you please everyone. For me, I love a bit of personality. Just not his. <laughs> yeah, Philippe, no. No, Philippe, no. Hashtag, no let's get trending. <laughs> no, we try and think of some other hashtags to go along with I think it. it's the, the whole... Um, okay, so anybody who doesn't know who Philippe is. Uh, basically, he's a uh, Brazilian man who moved to Florida. Um, he's always really creepy trying to ask out ladies, and that's where the whole meme thing came from, because it it's just awful. Uh, on NFL memes, I shared on our fantasy football WhatsApp, um, they were doing... Uh, mock Valentine's Day cards because all the NFL teams are doing it uh, and yeah he just got all the really creepy people and made cards out of it and oh, I thought that was genius personally yeah no it was really good yeah but I mean someone like it should, shouldn't exist really I mean, that, that's my personal opinion not the opinions of Beer and Bunce but yeah I like how you distance ourselves just in case there's like some legal case that comes yeah. back again if, if, if Philippe wants to sue me he can do because I've got no money left at all on podcast <laughs> beers so uh, I mean, so, you can, oh, you can have a couple of random cans but that's about it this is for every can of beer we have I mean I don't think we could I don't think we could afford it it'd be good publicity though actually what do you mean we? we it's me that buys all the beers actually, not that you that is true sorry yeah shove myself under the bus there really yeah <laughs> But no, ah, oh, to be fair, that'd be good publicity. I kind of want to say if uh, Philippe is listening to this, to us, please. Like, like. <laughs> He's not going to understand my accent, is he? Let's face it. A Brazilian man living in Florida. And then a, a Dudley accent thrown in just for good measure. Yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> right, well, Gosser is now finished. Um, gone down really well. It's Again, it's, it's not going to set the world on fire. But if you want something slightly different, but... With a decent flavour that's going to give you something, yeah, you know, something a bit more familiar, but also different to the norm. I would give that a definite thumbs up. Now, next one. Uh, okay, so before I actually introduce this, uh, as you've heard on the podcast previously, there's been lots of debate when it comes to the tag Colombo. Uh, okay. There's even more debate, obviously, when we come off the podcast because James hates the name. Yeah. So. Uh, last week I, I gave can I say I'm still not sure if I'm happy with the change at this well, point I gave you the option <laughs> okay so I'll give the, I'll tell everybody the truth so I I was sick of hearing James complain about the Colombo so I gave him 48 hours to come up with an alternative name otherwise I was going to change it to what the name is now is that correct? It is correct, yeah. Okay, so during that 48 hours, how many suggestions did you send to me? Zero, I think. Okay, yep. yeah, zero, so, yeah. yeah. I gave him ample opportunity to decide which one it was, but I also thought, because of the arguments, we should take it away from the whole detective thing. I, I wanted to put it to the people, Chris. Well I, ga- well, I gave you the option, and you didn't take it up, so this is your fault. Uh, yeah, so I've changed the name. It's no longer Colombo. Means we can't get sued by Colombo. There's no exactly, copyright yeah. infringement there. That's great. Well, it's more the case of trying to stop the argument with the detectives. Uh, so now, this round is called the Peter Falk. Of course, famously known as the actor who played Colombo. Yeah, which is great. So it's still in the same ballpark, which is what annoys me a little bit. But I mean, that's the reason why I picked it, yeah, just I to wind you up. I thought yeah, you'd actually send some back, but not one. No, not no, one, James. Sorry. You brought this on yourself. Yeah, exactly. So the Peter Falk, this is it now. So yeah, um, this the the Peter Falk, which is the one we're a bit curious about. So this one is called Timothy Taylor's Landlord. Now, I have never had this. It's a pale ale. You've had it before on draft, I believe. Yeah, on draft, yeah. Uh, the only reason why I bought it is because it reminds me of Al Murray, the pub landlord. And we do like Al Murray, so... Oh, I love Al Murray. Yeah. He's absolutely fantastic, man. <laughs> I watched a couple of documentaries on him where he, um, he went around Germany and showing all like, the knowledge that he actually 
learns about music and all sorts of Oh, he's, Abs- he's incredibly Absolutely fascinating. Fascinating, man. I think he's fantastic. So that is, my Al, name. if you want to join, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shout out to Al Murray there. <laughs> get some sponsorship. We'll hashtag him as well. We'll get we'll get that out there. What money like, bags from, um, what was it, uh, Taskmaster? Yeah. Where literally all he did was throw money at everybody to throw and win the round, which, again, absolutely Oh, there's a thing. Taskmaster, because that moved, that's moved to ITV, hasn't it? Or no, it's Channel, Channel 4. 4. Like, is that, is that, when's that coming back? Uh, I believe the... I think it will switch after the end of the current lot. So there's one more series to go on Dave. And then they might do a champion. And then they'll do a champion. Probably champions. do a champions yeah, and champions yeah. on that one. And then I believe it switches from season 10 to uh, Channel 4. Because so. we, do, we do like it, to be fair. I mean, Al Murray, I think, is, is a hugely intelligent comedian. Like, some of his stuff that, like, the sketch he does about um, just the world wars and stuff like that, in terms of all the conflict between different countries and, like, religions and culture and everything that he just combines into one, like, 15 minute just regurgitation of all this knowledge and just saying how stupid people are to try and support one person over other in any war and stuff what like that. I, really what I love about Al Murray is because. On the face of it, it seems like it's very simple comedy, and he sticks to stereotypes: skinhead, loving the pub, throwing yeah. smashing beer around. But it's that that cleverness. It's very subtle, you know yeah. what I mean. So when it comes to he shows you watch it, there's so much like undertones that if people just take it on face value, they'd completely miss it. And I, I think he's been such a talented comedian, and that's the reason why his career's like lasted so long because. Yeah. He's got so much going on. I think he, there's enough to really stickly appeal to everybody. Plus, he can afford it because he's a pub landlord in actual things. So <laughs> well, yeah. he funds him through yeah. it. So. Bribing uh, Alex Horn to get all the tax <laughs> one. Uh, yes, so, uh, James, obviously you've had this before. Do you want to... Classic pale ale. Set us off. I mean, it says pale ale, but... What, what? It looks very much like a bitter to me. So, uh, Gosso is probably more what I'd class as a pale ale colour-wise. Not necessarily flavour, but colour-wise, it looks more traditional pale ale. This one, there's much more of an amberness to it. So, it is clear, um, unlike the Gossa, mm. um, but it, it's that kind of... It, I think, yeah, it just looks like a bitter rather than I mean, ale. to be fair, I think, I think it is closer to a bitter than a pale ale, oh, right, in okay. my opinion, uh, from having it kind of on draft. Because it is that... Cl- to be fair, it's a classic pub... <laughs> it smells like a bitter as well. <laughs> it's, it's the classic um, pub beer, to be fair. And that's saying, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't had it, but maybe it's just, it's not the kind of beer that attracts you when you go to pubs. Because it is everywhere, if I'm honest, we, at this point. We've been so. to many, many pubs together, so you know that I either go for a safe bet or something completely outlandish and crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't tend to go for the middle road, which is where generally you tend to pick a lot of your beers from. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A bit out there, but. Not well, that's the middle road I find the best, right? The, the things I like, the safe bets. I know I could go and have any time, like you know, San Miguel or something stupid like that. If I if I only am having one beer and I know, yeah, I know I'm gonna like it. That's fine. But the middle of the road is, it's stuff that I know I'm not gonna hate, like a sour cucumber, <laughs> like beer, cuckoo melon, cuckoo melon. Um, but at the same time, it, it's something that's got a little bit more to it, like, you know, in yeah, terms of, like, flavour and stuff. So, um, to be fair, what I do like about this, it is the kind of, there's definite body to it as well, very crisp, and then it's got a really nice aftertaste to it, in my opinion, that kind of standard bitter aftertaste that just lingers. I, I've just so. had a sip of this, and to me, it just tastes like a bitter. Yeah, well... It, it, it literally, I mean, it classes itself as a pale ale, but I would not class that as a pale ale. It hasn't really got that, what I would class... There's subtle notes that you tend to pick up in a pale ale, which are a little bit more smoother than a bitter. Uh, and this one, for me, it has that hit, slight hit in the bitterness. It's very slight floralness, but not a lot where it like, gives you a massive smack. Um, it, yeah, that is what I'd just class as a normal bitter in a, in a pub. Yep. Which I, I come from the black country. I mean, originally. it talks about the hoppy and citrus aromas as well. So I don't, I don't get any citrus like, at all. No, me neither, which is why I was very curious why it's casting it as citrus. So. Yeah, so I don't get any of the citrusness from it at all. From the black country, like, um, bitters and milds are still quite prominent in pubs when you go over there, uh, which is where I'm from originally. Uh, this is what I would class as a normal bitter. I mean, you can tell it's been bottled rather than cask. But that's, I, yeah, I do that, not get... That, I definitely get hop taste, as you do in quite a lot of bitters yeah. in terms of the hoppiness, but the, the citrus notes... I don't get any citrus aromas at all, if I'm honest. No, that's the thing, oh, not so. at all. We just have to say. I think you can smell a little bit of the citrus, but um, there's no actual taste of the citrus. No. 
I think because we get so many beers now that actually have a genuine citrus flavour to them, I think that's very... Putting the fact that it's actually got citrus notes on it, I just don't get. So also, it saves a lot that kind of... The main description for you, well, that tastes like a bitter. I mean, it's it's, it's not just, it tastes special in any kind of way. It's no. just it tastes oh, like a standard wrong. beer. It's, it's one nice. of the ones I could drink. Yeah, it's um, right. it's, it's not offensive in the slightest. It's a nice beer, which not set my world on fire. I would say, in my opinion, it tastes a lot better on draft. It tastes a lot more refreshing, and I think you do get uh, a much better kind of body on it in terms of uh, as you do in most bitters on draft. In terms of when you've had it on draft, has it been keg or cask? So I think that makes a big um, difference as well. I think cask. Because if it's been, if it's hand, yeah, pulled, yeah. Well, that's that's, that's, that's comparing two completely. Different oh yeah, yeah I know, I know. But because obviously, when it's in cask, the beer's still alive. Yeah. When it goes to keg or bottle, then it's essentially dead beer. So yeah. the flavour's just. Well, that's the, same. the thing. I would say most people who you know, if they're listening and have tried this or might try this, you will get it on cask in most pubs. That's the thing. I'm trying to think most like <laughs> Emberins kind of nearbys and stuff. Oh, okay. Tend to do it's and one stuff of those. Like that. It is one of those that is, oh, is quite. It's quite standard in terms. I've of never food. really seen it. So. Um, to be fair, it, it's one of those where I think it even says on the back, it, it's a kind of camera award-winning beer four times. So like yeah. things, a lot of real ale pubs. This is one of the ones that they're going to put out there because a lot of people are going to, okay, you know, buy it and drink it. So, but yeah, so um, it's a nice beer. It's more of a bitter than a pale ale, in my personal opinion. No, um, I definitely agree in terms of taste and stuff. Um, as they might be different on. Cask, which I'll tr- I'll look out for next yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a gen. Maybe when beer and bants hits the road, we'll we'll do it. Who knows? Well, we've well, got the equipment there, James. Got the equipment exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we'll talk about um, NHL or well, like actually, no, or ice hockey in okay, general. Maybe not, not NHL. NHL I personally like to start with the GB ice hockey team. So um, the GB ice hockey team were in the pre-qualification rounds for the Olympics. Uh, they were held last weekend. Um, to be fair we're against three other teams two we beat in timely fashion I think the pressure may have got to us a little bit when it comes to Hungary again with Hungary I suppose it's closer to that region where ice hockey is still quite prominent they've probably got maybe slightly better talent because they're used to those kind of environments or you know more popular I don't think it was a talent so. I genuinely don't think it was a talent I think the team that we had we're good enough to beat them. This time just wasn't our day. Okay. So um, the lads did really, really well. They clubbed together. They showed the spirit that they showed last year in the Worlds. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this time we didn't get round because it was, it was a winner-takes-all against Hungary. Hungary won 4-1. Um, but you can't knock the the heart in which they played with it. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I thought they did a really, really good job. And also the fact that the GB ice hockey is starting to get better quality. I mean, I was saying, it, it's one of these things that's been improving very much over the past couple of years, especially. I mean, it, hockey in general as well, like just standard hockey has been one of those things, I think, yeah. as as kind of talent, it's just grown. And I think ice hockey is one of those where, um, in terms of our English ice hockey league and stuff like that, it, it's getting a lot better. And I think well, the talent is definitely there. And there's more interest in it, which I think helps build that talent because the thing is, people are getting into it a lot younger over here than I think two decades ago they would ever have done. Well, we so. spend a lot of time talking about lots of different sports, rugby, American football. So, and I'd probably say that if we genuinely asked each other which one was our favourite sport, we would say ice hockey is our Almost one. definite. Yeah. To be fair, the only thing that puts me off of ice hockey, and you've kind of negated <clears> this recently more than I have ever had, is just the accessibility to watch it live, right? We, we have the Solihull Barons, which is our, our, like, our local, local yes, ice hockey team. not far from us at all. Um, we have Coventry Blazers, which is our English ice hockey local team. Uh, Elite League. Uh, yeah, which is the best, in my opinion, to well, that we can possibly go see is the best experience. It's the so. top level. I mean, so yeah. we... Like we we go and see Coventry Blaze, obviously the um, like Manchester, uh, mm. Nottingham, Glasgow, Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's yeah you because know, James drove through a Yorkshire town once. He's Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> that's uh, the elite level. We have a lot of ex um, AHL, CHL, yeah. NHL players. So like top leagues. NHL is always the pinnacle of... Yeah, um, and it always will be, let's be honest. Like, well, that's the reason... Because like, there's a lot of contention at the moment because NHL players aren't allowed to play in the Olympics because the NHL commissioner just doesn't want it to happen. A lot of people kick off about this, but for me, I actually think that's a good thing. Because Otherwise, there'd be so much dominance in those. Well, essentially, that means you know it's going to go to Canada, America or Russia. Yeah. 
Sorry? At the moment, because the NHL players aren't there, I mean, you've still got the high-caliber players that you get in the CHL, AHL, or them type of players. So it's a bit more even. Uh, a couple of years back, I think, like, Germany upset Canada. You know, Sweden won the World Championships. There's some really, yeah. really good hockey yeah. countries. Yeah, and about. it gives amateurs more of a chance, that's the thing, from some of the more professional players, which, in my opinion, is kind of the spirit of the Olympics at the end of the day, and well, I think that's the, important. So I think it, Olympics know, it makes are sense supposed to, to be amateur. Yeah. They're not supposed to be professional. Yeah. And as much as it will make the tournament more exciting to watch... When it comes down to it, grassroots has to be your priority yeah. because otherwise there's no development of the sport. Hence, why we're enjoying going to watch like GB playing yeah. stuff, you yeah. know. So, or when we go and watch the Elite League or Barons, or you know, you have to have that level where across the board you're trying to bring the the whole sport yeah. up, which <laughs> ice is trying to do, and ironically enough, rugby's going against. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, the reason why I switched, switched to that is very temporary. Is basically the um, English Premier League rugby, um, the governing body, the rugby board, have basically decided they're going to halve the amount of money they provide to championship teams from next season, essentially destroying most of the infrastructure that championship teams have got. In terms of how they're being built <clears throat> into, yeah. Coaches, players. Now, there's actually a, a large number of... Premiership players that have actually started in Championship teams. So for me, I just think it's a, such a backwards move. I just, I, I've had to research it. I've looked at many different articles. Just and, try and figure out what the impact's going to be. And, well, not yeah. just the impact, but why they're doing it. It's the, not just I mean, a cost-saving measure, or like it, it, standard. It, it, yeah, like, yeah that's, that's the it's thing, cost-saving, yeah. but you're still paying. They're in, increasing the amount of money that goes into the Premiership, but decreasing what goes into the Championship. So essentially, all you're doing is making the elite. Elite, and then any tier below, rather than it being a professional setup that's feeding into the Premiership, you're just making it a top level amateur. So, going forward, that will destroy the infrastructure of what we can do. Yeah, I think it's weird, but then you would hope, right, that they must have looked into it in terms of is it because the amount of profit that the Premiership is bringing in versus Championship or something like that. There must be some kind of cost benefit, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. That's the thing you, you can only assume, right? So, well, no, well, this actually comes back to the World Cup, because um, what they pay people now, like players to play for England for the male England rugby team, if they'd won the World Cup, it would have bankrupted them. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that much. Mm. Yeah, so that's where you're going wrong. Yeah, playing for your country should be a privilege. And if anything, you should. You, need. you I pers- I don't personally don't believe you should be get paid to play for your country. No, you should, should get cover the expenses of having to go and play, like in terms of travel, get all that travel, stuff. hotel, yep. or yep. your kids, everything like that. No, pay for because that's part of the privilege to play for your country. Yeah. When it comes to your country, though, you should not get any more than what you do from your club level. Yeah. Your club should be. Salary. But even then, you don't need to make profit because let's be honest, like by playing for your country, that kind of esteem is enough. You know, if you think from a CV perspective, it is more than enough to say, you know, play for it is the top tier. It's the thing you'd strive for if you're an athlete is to play for your country. Yeah. So Um, it's it's something that genuinely, genuinely irritates me. It kind of started with football and it's kind of gone through, um, it's gone through cricket, it's gone through rugby, it's gone through everything where literally they have to pay so much money to get these players to play for the country. You know what? You don't play for your country, fine, don't play. Yeah. There's no way on earth you should be paying like well I think if if England had won it would cost them something like an extra five and a half million just wow. to pay bonuses and and then you get people like Eddie the Eagle who just want to do the best for their country right I mean, and they push out and how unfair is that I mean, right? you like, saying it as a joke no no I agree I, like, I genuinely yeah, yeah. think that that's the right mentality yeah, yeah, no, no. I think uh, to be fair I I think was it a couple of years ago that um. Taron Egerton and uh, Hugh Jackman movie came out, Eddie the Eagle. Oh, that did it. Yeah, yeah, fant- it was a really good movie. But movie. more than that, it, it's the principle of it. It's this is this is just speaks to the whole kind of sports in general, but the Olympics and kind of the ethos of it. And you know, it goes to trying to make money rather than you know just let people 
do what they love doing and that is trying to play for their country and play the sports that they love and you know that's why you enjoy watching at the end of the day is because you want to see people try their hardest and do as much and get as much out of it as possible not no, you know, yeah, not that's why football irritates me genuinely the amount of money they get and it annoys me because the thing is I watch a lot of American sports like baseball and NFL where they make way more and I yeah. know that but actually it, it's the ethos of it they in my opinion, and kind of go around the whole community and it's more than just getting paid money that they live and breathe what they do. And footballers, I don't know, I just, for me, it's, the perception of it seems completely different. I know. It's all about advertisement, sponsorship and stuff like that and I just don't like it. See, baseball players get paid more than any other sportsman in the world. But they play a lot of games. They play, so, spring training's about to start. Yeah. Which is, um, basically, all teams go to Florida, they play um, different games against different teams no real urgency or anything to it it's just a bit of fun get a match ready um, when the season starts in March they play solidly for 180 days yeah they play over 180 games per season sometimes one game a day sometimes two day- games a day it's a across sub- the US not with your family having to constantly move around train travel yeah. you have no time for a life you are Hundred percent committed to playing baseball. Breathe baseball. Yeah. That's all you do. Um, and the only people that get rotation are pitchers. Yeah. So if you're a batsman, you're on that field every day unless you're injured. Yeah. Or you're doing crap, in which case they'll drop you down a level, <laughs> and that'll affect your pay packet massively. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to baseball, I, although it is expensive. I don't begrudge them that because it's such a brutal schedule. Same as NHL. NHL, yeah, on paper it looks like they get a lot of money. Actually, in comparison with American football, NHL players get pennies. Yeah. Because again, they play, you know, just shy of ninety games a season. Yeah. They're on the travel. They're traveling all around the country, all the world. It's a far more brutal game. Yeah, far um, more intense in terms of like just the the physicality of it as well against players as well because you don't really have that in baseball anywhere near the same kind of way. No, um, literally the, the most aggression you'll get in baseball is you know when someone throws a ball at you and it's been fisticuffs. That's literally it. And how often does yeah. that happen? Very rarely, yeah. really. And the thing is, I suppose even NFL is doing that now, where a lot of what they're moving to in terms of rule sets is protecting the players a lot more, trying to prevent conflicts as much as possible, safer tackles, making sure that you know all the players. And it all comes from kind of a concussion thing. But in NHL, it's complete opposite. People want to see the enforcers, they want to see those fights, and want to see kind of that brutal physicality of it, because they know they've controlled it all this year, because they can stop it whenever they want. But the people are more than willing to fight and do it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so when it comes to football and how well, I mean, at least with the, the, the NFL although they get paid more and they don't play as many games they actually have to put a lot more money back into the, the communities as you were saying because they actually yeah. have the Walter Payton Award yeah. where basically how much you contribute to your community that gets recognised within yeah. these um, circles so yeah although people go oh well, you know, there's other sports where you get paid more yeah, but at least they contribute back into the communities where Footballers over here don't. The, the footballers don't. And the, the other thing I suppose for me, it's like, I'm not saying, for example, in Manchester, like if you're a Manchester United supporter, like of course, if you're close to the ground, there's going to be that local community that kind of build around it. But it's not nowhere near the same kind of way in America where whole towns and cities are just built around football stadiums and they live and breathe it and yeah. everything they do goes towards it and that's you know the American dream or whatever for for us as kind of sports fans but it is everything kind of feeds into that one system and you know we Packers for yeah, example Green Bay Packers I mean, the, the example of it the, the, right. although there's uh, it's a very small town so Lambeau Field has over 80,000 seats there's 120,000 people in the living Green Bay not obviously including people that commute to the stadium yeah. for the games the waiting list is like 9,000 years yeah it's ridiculous just because when people get a seat, it's that's all they do. Yeah, you know, what I mean, they'll they'll do anything if they don't go. If they don't go to the games, they'll tailgate, yeah. which and is, watch the games, which and... is such a shame because that is the hesitation right of why they might not bring it over here because they're the only team now that haven't played yes. an outside thing. I think there's one team who's done Mexico City, but not the uh, UK. Who was that? I'm not too sure actually. There was one because that was like last year that thing, but since last year now it is only well Packers. The only reason why people don't give up Packers games is because it's the only games they sell out. Yeah. As proven when they played LA Chargers last year. 
they played LA Chargers, people weren't watching the Chargers. There was more Packers fans in the stadium than there was Chargers fans. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, what's what, happening there? What, why did you move out of San Diego where you could fill the stadium to LA? It's, it's all a bit greed. But yeah, so that's our rant about uh, footballers. <laughs> but the but thing is, though, when it comes yeah. to football, I grew up in a very football orientated um, community. You know, where I grew up in the Black Country, you're either a West Brom fan or a Wolves fan. And we, whichever side you picked, you, you're very heavily invested in you. But as I got older, it just, the money destroyed it. Yeah. It, it, it's not the same game as I grew up watching. And this is what I've always said to you, right? Like, I always think if I'd, like, 20, 30 years ago, I definitely would have watched football and sported it and been really into it. I think for me now, it's those stereotypical things of a ball being passed around in a triangle and everybody just quickly jumping on the floor in case, you know, trying to, you know, fake a penalty and get as much out of it. And I just can't get into it. And I know there is talent there and, you know, and I'm not taking away from the kind of the best players and stuff like that in any respect. I know I couldn't do it because I can't play football for anything. But at the same time, I just can't watch and enjoy it and I don't find it enjoyable. The only time I can is, of course, World Cup. Yeah. And that is because, you know, at the end of the day, I think you should always get behind your country. It doesn't matter if you like the sport or not. At the end of the day, why would you begrudge your country winning any kind of accolade in any kind of sport? For me, so, when it comes to the Football World Cup, right. I just don't bother. You know, it's weird. When we were in, me and my wife were in Corfu for, um, I think it was World Cup qualifiers. And my wife was going, I want to watch the England game and trying to drag me to a pub. And I'm like, I don't want to go. It was such a role <laughs> reversal. You know what I mean? I was like, I just... Yeah, it won't ever happen outside but of football. I used to be a season yeah. ticket holder at um, yeah. Yeah, a particular football stadium. So and I was so ingrained in it. But yeah, as soon as I found other sports, for me... And that's the other thing, right? It, it, I think in my... The way I kind of watch sports... And actually, maybe we'll, we'll move on to the next beer and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about that, actually. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that was the sure Peter Falk. So... Yeah. The Timothy Peter Taylor Falk. landlord. <laughs> it's your own fault. Yeah, I know. Um, it's nice beer. Uh, if you're into your bitters or your normal kind of ales, I'll definitely give that a thumbs up. Nothing that particularly gives it um, anything majorly strong for you to know, yeah. like, identify it by. Uh, you probably want you could just have a drink all day, really. But it's yeah. It's, it's a not, standard, standard bitter. Yeah. I think it's a standard it's a English standard bitter, bitter you'll get in in a. In a traditional pub at the end of the day, so. So around the world, uh, this week we are going to Portugal. Nice. So this one is called Superbock. Now, it's interesting saying that the bot. Um, there's three main beers uh, that you'll identify from Portugal. Um, Sagres is obviously the most popular, which most people who've had anything to do with Portugal would identify that straight yep. away. I think it's got the Portuguese crest on it, so yeah, that's how notable Portuguese it is. Uh, Superbock is one that probably travels not quite as well as uh, Sagres, but again, it's a it's a label that you would identify. You probably see. Oh, you used to have it in Nando's, I believe. I don't know if it's still there or not. I think it used to be. Not no, I don't think anymore. Yeah, so again, it's a it's a label that. Some people would have seen at some points. Um, so, the other brand actually is Targus. Um, which, actually, when I went to Portugal, that was my favourite. Uh, okay. Targus was actually a fantastic beer. Um, well, to say this thing, I've never been to Portugal. It is, it's on my list of places I want to go Portugal to. Portugal is like, a fantastic country. Um, anybody who's a big fan of Spain, I would recommend going to Portugal. For me, I enjoy it because it's much more. They hold on to the culture a lot more than they do in Spain, where Spain obviously a lot of places become very touristy. Yeah. Do you get, do you not get loads of Irish uh, pubs in Portugal in the same kind of way? You still get the Irish pubs. You still get the British pubs. You can still have a German um, a German breakfast. You can have an English breakfast. You can, yeah. Yeah. There's still got that multicultural aspect. But I I don't know when I went to Portugal. I, for me, I thought it was an absolutely amazing place. Um, that is the thing I don't want. It's the thing I love most about Greece, right, when we've gone. It's, it is very traditional and they seem to respect their culture, respect the food they've got. And it's like, well, this is what we serve. And you might still get it occasionally, but at the end of the day, there is a lot more opportunity to get the kind of finer cuisine and stuff like that. That is just 
traditional Greek food. Whereas I always find it hard going to Spain and thinking, okay, well, I want a good Spanish meal. And it always tapas and stuff like that. And that seems to be the thing they push on you. And it just annoys me. The thing is, Spain is such a big region. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, there's so many different actual cultures. But we always tend to go to generally the same type of ones. Yeah, so yeah. you only get exposed to... Which is, which is the kind of... Yeah, where uh, Portugal, um, obviously it's a lot smaller. But I, as a place, I just think it's a genuinely magical place to go. It's, it's, it's a really, really good place. It's fun. Um, weather's great. Food's great. And Wine's cheap. <laughs> wine. <laughs> uh, so the reason why James said that is because uh, we went to, an, me and my friend went to an off-license when we were there. Uh, and we thought, rather than just keep on drinking beer, we'll try wine because obviously Portugal is known... And, it, and if people know wines. you, you're a fine kind of guy. You, I mean, you know, refined, yeah. yeah, dignified. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we went and had like we tried three different bottles of wine. So uh, we bought one bottle which was like ten euros. Uh, we bought one bottle which was like about six euros, and then we saw this one which is obviously a local one, which literally it was a plain glass bottle with a label on it just in Portuguese. About three words on it, and that was it. And it cost sixty nine cents. Okay, so instantly we're looking at it like this is probably going to be vinegar for the chips. But you know what? You got to try these things. Yeah, tried all three. That sixty nine cents wine is possibly still to this day one of the best wines I've ever had in my life. It so, was absolutely amazing. You've always told me this story, and I'm like, I think they could probably guess where it was going when you're going through the price, thinking that's going to be the best one. Yeah, but the ten euro one was, was it, the worst. Was it the one you had at the start or the end? Because that's also what kind of leads into it. Because if you started off with it thinking, "Oh, we'll get this out of the way," but actually it was the best one, then that really sakes. I don't it. think it was. No. If I'm... it was the end, then maybe you're just so pissed it just seemed better. I think it was halfway like, through. I think, like, I think we had a glass each of the ten euro one, and then we had a glass each of the. Sixty-nine cents one, and then had the five-year-old one. The other ten one was the worst. Was the the, the sixty-nine cents was fantastic. Anyway, we digress quite. Yeah, this is a wine and bants. Let's go back to the beer. Come well, on. maybe a offshoot at some point. Um, yes, yeah, so Superbock. Um, I've just had a sip. It's, it's, it's a very typical lager. It's a European lager. Um, after having it straight after the Timothy Taylor Landlord, uh, I think it lacks a bit of flavour. Yeah, definitely. That's saying it tastes a lot more kind of easygoing. I don't know. I feel like normally there's more of an aftertaste. Yeah, to it. for me, norm like, traditionally, I would say that uh, Superbock is my least favourite of the Portuguese beers. Um, I think it has a bit of a weird aftertaste. Now, after the bitter, you don't pick that up as much. Um, it's actually more enjoyable after the bitter. But for me, I don't know. It's just it's very beige. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Very beige. Who knew you were such an interior designer? <laughs> I've worked with uh, colours and fabrics for a long time, James, as you're well aware. I mean, I thought that was just a hobby, but there you go. Okay. <laughs> no, I wanted to do it if I didn't pay me. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, okay. <laughs> well, for me, I, I, there's very little I can say about Th- that. This is the problem when you get to a lager after you've had a bitter, because it tastes just like water for the it most really part. Does. It's, it's, very it's, little, it's sparkling water, yeah, essentially. There's very little flavour to it. The colour in itself is very light, typical as what you would consider to be a lager, let's be honest. I mean, you know, there isn't really anything you can say. It's okay. It's it's mediocre at best, right? Like that. It, it is distinctly average. Yeah. Um, it's better than the likes of having something like Carlsberg or Foster's or Carling, which abominations, which will never, ever cross my lips there horrendous except on episode 46 random okay. number random number but they go 46 that's your carling episode okay so why would you not have gone for a, multi- like a multiplication of like episode 14 so that could have been a format yeah, because that's what they're expecting right it's not about a format this is these are just random episode numbers that the real fans who uh, let's be honest very few people are probably still turned in by this point I hope more than the last episode so that's all we can hope but it's random things that the the fans and I use uh, <laughs> I, I, I use that word advisedly. Inverted commas Inverted with the fingers. Commas, yeah. I mean that's I do me- the fingers. Literally radio, yeah, hatred. I'm doing a visual gag, which doesn't really work, right? <laughs> yeah. Visual gag on radio, James. I mean what well, could possibly yeah, go this wrong? This is why I've got a face for radio, right? But forty six, the the true fans, they will know this that and the they will they will look out for forty six. Need to right? introduce the vlog. No, no, we don't. No, we I don't. Think we do. I don't think we do. They don't want to see us. That's for sure. Well, I mean, to be fair, at least you're slimmer than me. 
I'll just need the widescreen, uh, the wide angle lens, just to fit me all in. We'll just go further back, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Film from far away. Um, so, yes. I want to talk about um, NHL, to be fair, because that's the thing. We talked about the kind of. Yeah, the ice hockey earlier on. Yeah. Team. Um, I think for me, it's one of those now NFL's finished, okay. Um, actually, to be fair, there's the other thing we haven't mentioned. And again, we're going to completely segue away from ice hockey because I mentioned NFL. Super Bowl. Yes, Super yep. Bowl. So Kansas City Chiefs won. Yep. Um, wasn't quite as high scoring as we expected. No, but actually, I would say because we were like two hours in, we were like uh, first after the first half, we were like, oh, this is this is easy. yeah, this is decided. So we kind of start to wind down almost and be yeah. like, okay, we know what's going to happen. And then the Chiefs man just stepped it back up, like. like yeah, it's a, it was just a really good game. Actually, that thing for me, it was really it good. Was a carbon copy of what. Patrick Mahomes had done all the way yeah. through the playoffs. It just shows the caliber. I, th- of I think that's really. it. So, um, in terms of uh, things, I think he tied with Lamar Jackson in the end for number one ranking. In terms oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, yes, they, yeah. They, they they and then I think they gave Russell Wilson third place. I mean, again, another player that's carried his team. Carried his team exactly because <laughs> atrocious, really, and they did well to get as far as they did. Yeah. Again, uh, halftime show was forgettable. Awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God knows what Shakira was doing, but yeah. I don't even know. Oh man, these things. Right. It's awful. But now now NFL is done. It's one of those where I, I do the same thing I do every year and go back to the NHL. I kind of go back to my favourite sport and just kind of... The thing that... There's far more games throughout the week as well because that's the thing with NFL. It's a weekly thing whereas there are more games that are played you know, for a team. Like I said, it was roughly 90 or something like that, right? So it's one of those where I'm just going back through the, the Ducks archive of all the games. And I'm not going to lie, it's a lot of losses. <laughs> a lot of overtime losses. But God, I just forget how much I like watching but ice the hockey. Impor- the most like, important part is, though, did you watch the one where Tampa Bay beat the Ducks? That's the most important I did watch that one, yeah. That, that that was part of the watching, thanks for that. Go Bolts. Like, I mean, I, I watched the Flames game from yesterday. Wow. 6-0 defeat, which was not great. Oh, dear. Um, but that's the thing, because Duck, Ducks are doing very badly. They're beating the Kings. So we've got that for us. The one thing we're beating the other LA team. But don't but, you normally like, hate sharks more? Oh, we hate sharks more. But I mean, <laughs> in terms of the perception thing, we're beating. Are they the kings. Un- underneath like, you though? I think there might be understandings. I think they might drop. Are more. they overall? I don't know. I thought they were still ahead. I thought we were oh. like the second lowest. Because that's the thing. Your the third team, lowest last time I looked. Bolts. Yeah, take they're, they're, they're uh, nine nine one nine zero and one. Yeah, so, or nine uh, zero and one. Basically, what that means in English is uh, over the last in ten English. games, they've won nine. Uh, and they've lost one in overtime, but no alternate losses. So basically, every single game they've played in the last ten games, they've scored points. Yeah, they're one point shy of maximum over ten games. Um, last season, we started off out the blocks like this and got really high, and then kind of faded off. This season, we started quite dodgily, but actually, we've built it up now. So I'm we're catching... like, I'm hyped. I, I watched a few uh, box games as well, just because I think it's partly because it's your team, and I do tend to watch some of the teams. As, as I follow like, the Ducks um, as a result. Yeah, exactly. A friend at work who uh, uh, supports Penguins now, since watching them live, and so he is fully committed to Penguins, and so I do follow a few of the Penguins games as well. And it, it like Bolts, just it is. It's a whole different thing, right? I do love the Ducks, and I I always enjoy watching the Ducks because it, it is it's a team. You, it's yeah. exactly. I will always watch it. But the Bolts is a whole other thing. Like the the dynamic they're bringing is just it. It feels Bolts, unstoppable, and that's a really nice thing right to do. Time and yeah, we're exactly. beating good teams. Yeah, you know, we're not. It's not mediocre teams that you're beating. We're beating good. teams. I mean, we were joking before because you're in the same league as Bruins, who are technically just ahead of you on yes, the tables. At one and point now, we hate the Bruins. Everyone hates them. <laughs> the Bruins. Are Generally, dog. Boston is normally a go-to hatred like place yeah. of anybody outside of New England, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for, I think it's also the whole Brad Marchand thing. Then you know, yeah. like licking people's faces. And it's just they're just weird. They're just weird people. Yeah. Um, Not and people just weird. Also, it's one of those where this thing, right? In terms of watching some of the Bruins games, it's not as enjoyable as watching Bolts games. And so no. for that, for me, it's it is a strike comfort. Like it, it's the thing of like it's boring and consistent. I would yeah. say, but it's not exciting. It, it's not like you want to tune in and actually watch every single game of theirs. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. and you just kind of roll your eyes at them more than anything. Obviously, so, but obviously, I'm stuff. hoping that eventually, we, you know, we finally have this season where we can get the Stanley Cup. But yeah. Well, the thing With is, I, I, we completely I'm fell kind apart of, last year. So. I've kind of committed to the fact that Ducks are probably out of it. I've I've said for a few years, like Ducks defensively have always been quite good. Their offense has always been their weakest thing, 
and they really need to work on it. And to be fair, they brought a few new young players in that I'm hoping will, when they start playing them in more and more games, they've only been playing in like two or three games so far, they will actually be able to kind of go go for it. So um, hopefully, three or four years' time. Well, I'd say well, last, last season for the Tampa, well, we mentioned it earlier on, that um, like we started off really well at the blocks. When it came to the playoffs, kind of wavered a bit, and then when we... Basically got swept in the first round, despite the fact equaling the highest amount of points ever in recorded during the league. Um, this year, it feel it does feel a lot different. Now, obviously, obviously, the last five years we have been to the Stanley Cup final, we've been to the uh, Eastern Conference final a couple of times. Um, I don't know. I'm just hoping that this year we can finally finish it off. But again, it's just whether they can kind of yeah. keep their hand in the game at the end. But, right? So it just seems to be peaking at the right time this time, yeah. rather than like last year where it was all wrong, all start out of the blocks, big smashing, loads of goals, and then when it comes to the crucial part, two months before you, that you're just like you know ticking along rather. Well, than... that's it, right? So playoffs start uh, start of April, isn't it? First Stanley Cup playoffs. Normally, yes. So um, it's one of those where this next couple of months is the kind of deciding thing, yeah. and they're they're doing the right thing at this point. And I think there's a lot of momentum building behind them, and that's the other thing. Like that will hopefully carry them forward. So uh, I think um, when because I've I think Bolton watch... team, I want to win. If I'm honest, and that's the thing, I, I don't want. Like, well, I know Ducks aren't going to and I don't want Bruins to win so. I went and watched uh, Tampa Bay in Sweden live in June, November yeah. um, and before then we were awful so I wasn't holding much hope but even then watching them that would seem to be a turning point and it just has seemed to be like stepping in the right direction all the way through not massively but just stages yeah. and hopefully just sort of well this thing because you, you saw Tampa Bay live and this is for me when we were talking about what our favourite sport is was one of the hesitations is like we've seen NFL live in London, we've seen baseball live in London, and both of which were really good experiences. Baseball, we've said by far the yeah. best experience as, as a day. Yeah, definitely, yeah, really good. But actually, I really want NHL in London. I it won't think, happen no, because at the end of the day, there is the fan base over other parts of Europe, and they've got the infrastructure the for it and stuff like because that. Because the problem is, there's always a question about the contracts when it comes to the players and everything, yeah. and that. <clears throat> ever since that uh, season that like, cancelled was 2003-2004 the sport has struggled to recover as a yeah. result so it's always going to be that question and that's really. it. but for me it's the accessibility of, of kind of being able to watch that top level and like I say you've negated that because you actually went and just did it and you know um, and then I think that's it the team thing. had to go oh, exactly and that's it if Ducks definitely came I would, I would be in the exact same boat and just yeah. making sure I got there but um, it's one of those things where I think where we Sometimes go see the commentary places, and it is good, and it is a really good. Oh, it's enjoyable there, and that's thing. But it's not the same thing, and that 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 is kind of part of the hesitation of like constantly watching it on like on on a screen, but not actually being there. And you know, if you do actually have a local ice hockey team in local, it doesn't matter if it's elite league or if it's lower league. If you actually want to try something new and actually, you know, get involved and watch something that's actually a good night out. Quite cheap, doesn't have to cost you a lot of money, yeah. and also it's quite good for families. Well, again, Solihull Barrens isn't isn't that expensive to yeah. go and watch, and and it is good. It's not as fast paced, but actually, if you don't understand the game, you're going to get the rules yeah. a lot better. And I think actually, it's a it's a good good thing to do. Make sure you take a coat though, because it is cold in those ice rinks. Depends on the arena. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, super buck around the world. Um, I'm. It's very very beige. I what, think it was just, helped with the fact that the just by the before, speed that you finished it. Let's be honest, you probably thought away. that was like water, right? So yeah, it, it literally didn't taste like sparkling water. It just get it the way. Let's crack onto the uh, the wild, wild card. card, which you've got a story behind because yeah, you so, actually tried this. Uh, I haven't tried it. No. Oh, you didn't try it. No. You just bought it while you were sampling other. So okay. uh, we follow quite a few um, breweries and local pubs. This is from Northern Monk. Uh, and this particular one is from the patrons range called Laura Slater. So um, this one was actually recommended by a local pub called The Crafting. So <laughs> basically, it just looked really cool. The label looked absolutely crazy. So I thought, and it had a thumbs up. So I thought, why not oh, give yeah. it a try? Really? Well, it's fair. This is the thing. So Northern Monk, from a kind of local brewery perspective, like uh, it's it's is it, it's not Sheffield. Is it Leeds? I think it might be Leeds. I think it's Leeds. I think this is one um, shout out to Paul again, who seems to get mentioned most episodes. Yeah, I don't like I the think... fact that we keep on shouting out to Paul. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. His, ego's, his ego's... His ego's... Well, he did actually... Men- he did comment when uh, 
I posted this as I fetched it the other day. I did. Uh, he he did comment and saying he's like, what you? Nelson juice. I have no idea what Nelson juice is, but, but apparently it's Nelson juice. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that's something that gets you absolutely wasted. Oh, we added our first Nelson Sovin. Uh, apparently Nelson's a thing. I need to look into this a bit more. I'm about to say oh, Nelson's a It's a hop. Oh, there you go. I'm about to say, I, I don't, doubt, don't doubt Paul. He's got a lot of knowledge I mean, behind that. He drinks that, a right? lot. So. I mean, just with a face like that, there's no reason why. Um, but yeah, no, he's definitely mentioned all of them a few times. And it's it's in um, Crafting quite a few times and it's in Shaken yes. Hand, I think. It, they're, they're actually doing takeover in Shaken Hand, I think, of Northern Monk. Um, I think I saw online. Oh, they? Yeah, they are, yeah. So, oh, okay. Um, uh, all the takeovers I've seen recently seem to be Tiny Rebel. So oh, well, it seems to be in the infiltration of everything. Um, so yeah, so this particular one, I say, Patrons Project. I'll research this a bit more and I'll try and put some information on social media if I can find out anything about it. Uh, so this is basically a IPA, yay, uh, single hopped. Sorry, can we just go back to the yay when it came to IPA? Everyone knows my disdain <laughs> for IPAs. The thi- what annoys me though, we keep doing IPAs in normal episodes. Like when it comes to episode fourteen, you're, you're just going to be fine with IPAs. You're going to hate it, but you'll just be able to drink it. When it comes um, to my worst case sweet, scenario, I might just neck it and move on. That's all. Sweet ice cream Sunday ale. It's, I mean, it's fact, you're the one that's actually slowed us down. We already hit the ale mark, and uh, yeah, well, you're still gas bagging. Well, who cares at this point? <laughs> So yeah, there's, there's, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of a... Uh, oh, Laura take... Slater is a textile design practitioner based in Leeds. That makes a lot more sense now. Uh, yeah, actually, they've got some... Um, they've got a website for Laura Slater. They've got, actually got prints of the art she's done. Actually, that's quite, Sorry, is, is this idea. a sponsored beer no. right now? Because Sponsored? You, you, you... You're spending a lot of time talking about the beer, and you're literally unwrapping the label, reading everything you can possibly imagine. Would you like to know why I'm uh, going to some detail, James? Because of how much you spent on it. Let me guess, yes. it's £6.50 a can. No, that one can, which bear in mind, is what? About 440 millilitres? Which, which for craft cans, can I just say, is actually probably better. Most craft cans are yeah. 330, so actually, yeah. That was more expensive than the top, which has four pints in it. Oh, it was it was like nine, pounds, comes, nine pounds something. That came from Austria. <laughs> that I bought from the shop down the road. You're a bit bitter. Very bitter. Bit bitter. Okay, yeah. It better be damn good. I mean, I, I poured it and it looks it, like if, when your kidneys start failing. It looks very hazy. Can I just say it smells hoppy as anything, so you are not going to like this. <laughs> It's not the hops that's a problem, James. We know this. It's not the hops that are a problem. Oh, it does smell very citrusy. You have this, this could be citrus, citrusy. Yeah. Um, so how much? It was eight pound twenty five. Eight pound twenty five. The top was seven ninety nine. Yeah, but you were, but you were happy with that. <laughs> Saying that, actually, there are some craft like three thirty craft cans can sometimes be like five quid. Yeah, no, so like when it's I'm tight, like, James. I know you're t- well. <laughs> steady, steady. steady. Okay, here we go. What's your What's your opinion? Because we know you're not a massive fan of IPAs, so I think you'll absolutely hate that. You think I'll hate it? Yeah. Do you like it? Is that why? Not really that much. It's, I'm not instantly offended by it. It hasn't got that, um... <laughs> which is rare for you with most people. And things. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay. In fact, I've had a drink of it. Well, the thing I don't like about the IPAs is the, the aftertaste. With this one, you don't get the aftertaste. However, you do get a smack of citrus after. No, I, I really like that. That's really good. that surprised yeah. me because literally all I can taste after I can get any of the you know the traditional bites you get with an IPA. Yeah. I didn't get any of that at all. However, I did get a. It's not like a stinging kind of taste. It, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's very yeah yeah. It's very um, rounded, aromatic. Okay. Rather than being like bitterness bite, it's very aromatic. And it's it, it tastes like it smells, which is strange. It's okay, you get a taste for about three seconds, then it just goes. I'm not gonna lie, I think that's fine. No, I can still there's, taste it. There's oh, to be fair, for me that doesn't linger as much as a like a, an IPA normally would. Like if I compare this to like um, Brewdog Punk IPA, for example, okay, I would say you get a much sharper taste with Brewdog, and then also it lasts a lot longer. Mm. Given actually, the percent is like seven. Is, I actually quite like it. It's strong. Seven point two percent. It is a strong yeah. beer. I'll go be honest, I do like that. I think that's good. I would drink that. I one. would say, uh, one of the things you mentioned about the art kind of on the uh, can, it's one of the things with Northern Month that I really do like. And actually, this is a thing for most craft 
beers now tends to be a lot of work on the label design of a lot of them. But I think that's good is, as well. well no, it definitely gets... is good. Because this thing I find really annoying about um, kind of standard ales that you might buy from a shop, it, it's it's that kind of commercialisation, like Heineken Logan. It's really boring. Whereas actually, when oh, you have these... You pick the worst one because that's the one I like the most. That's the one you like the most. I love the Heineken star. Well, you're trash. That's well, as far as I'm concerned. The same star is on the Houston Roughneck sleeve. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, no, no. Let's... <laughs> I just it's think, very Winter Soldier. I think it's boring. That's saying I I quite like. Um, it's a bit more artsy. I think a lot of the kind of things. I mean, Tiny Rebel as well. Like very colourful designs and stuff. I just yeah. think it looks a lot better than kind of some of the bottles. I mean, I'm looking at the other bottles we have on the table, and yeah, it's night and day really from it, isn't it? I've got to be honest. Um, obviously, it comes out part of the episode where we pick out our favourite. I do think the Laura Slater is one. Oh, the Laura Slater's one for you. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I mean, my favourite one generally probably would have been gossip but I don't know I, th- I think that Laura Slater it's got enough body to it and enough enough complexity to it that without that awful aftertaste for it to actually be quite a nice beer I'm actually a big fan of that so this is the thing I've got with Northern Monk right that I'm thinking about and this is very biased on my opinion right okay. now and it, no, it doesn't help right because if I'm honest if I was going to pick one I'm probably leaning towards Timothy Taylor Landlord because okay. I, I like a, a bitter, and if I'm I like honest, it, yeah. it tastes like a bitter. And of all of them, it's the one that I think if I was just going to drink one tonight, I could quite happily just keep going with that. Not that I'm an alcoholic. I want to <laughs> really stress that because a few people have commented to me that they think I'm an alcoholic. I can stop whenever I want, right? You can't. No, I can. No, I just don't want to. Because we signed up for at least episode 14. Oh, well, yeah. Actually, we just signed up for episode 46. So, uh. Oh, God, yeah. Well, after episode 46, we're renegotiating my contract, that's for sure. Um, but in terms of Northern Monk... No, your soul is mine. You can't change that contract. Damn it. Damn it. I'm, I'm screwed. Um, in terms of Northern Monk, and, and I'm hopefully, Paul, <laughs> give him a mention, without to tell me, I think that I've had a lot better Northern Monks than this, if I'm honest. Okay. And this, this is part of the bias towards it is... Actually, that's not as good as some of the Northern Monks I've had. But this is the difference, though. You need to judge what's in front of you. Oh, yeah, which is why I've already committed to the Timothy Taylor. Before I said that, committed to the Timothy Taylor. Because that's where we had this conversation like last time, where draft versus bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. On on this occasion, Timothy Taylor landlord wins. Uh, I do think it's one of those interesting ones where I think maybe it's worth getting a few extra Northern Monks at some point at maybe doing a, a Northern Monk just four Northern Monks and just well, doing a special I mean, without... We are in discussion with some so. breweries about brewery takeovers, so you know, that's something we can possibly look at in the future. Uh, well, yeah. So, again, split decision, which is the way we prefer it, let's exactly. face it. Exactly. I don't, don't, don't want to like, admit you're right or anything, so no. Yeah, cool. Uh, thank you very much, people. Again, you can always get in contact with us on all our social media. We're available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Got um, our own website as well. Got our own website, yeah. beerandbands.co.uk. Um, if you've got any queries, any feedback, any suggestions, send and also, us Clearly, we've shown the Colombo name can be changed, so Peter Falk can be changed nope, too. Peter Falk is set so. Now. If you've, you've got if you've got any suggestions for a different name than Peter Falk, please get in touch on social media. <laughs> no, Peter Falk is here to stay. You had your chance, you lost. Okay, thank you very much, people, Thanks. and we'll see you soon. <laughs>